0: Hey, you're listening to episode 122 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today we're chatting about the natural approach to fasting, the biggest surprise people experience when they start fasting, fasting drawbacks, whether it's good for pregnancy, and so much more. If you have questions about today's content, you can send me a quick message by going to healthfulpursuit.com contact. You can also get the podcast extras and transcript for this episode by heading on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact podcast slash e122 that's where a bunch of the extra resources links and other things are going to be located okay let's do this thing you're listening to the keto diet podcast and if you haven't already heard registration for happy keto body my 12-week video training program for women has been extended to the end of the month So, so, so many of you said you needed a bit more time before you could register. So we've upgraded our servers, boosted our team, and we're ready to support more students. Now you have until January 31st, 2019 at 1159 p.m. Pacific to register. Get all the details now at happyketobody.com. And I'm super excited to see you on the inside. Now onto the show. Today's guest is Ashley Salvatore and she hosts a popular ketogenic intermittent fasting YouTube channel, helping women learn the basics in an easy to follow condensed way. After losing 74 pounds as a stay at home mom of two, she uses her own experience and research to help others stay motivated and get the best results from this lifestyle. She also shares her favorite recipes on her blog, 24 caratketocom and offers free tips and tricks. Okay, so if you've been following me for a while, you know that I have like a love-hate relationship with fasting. I think it's such a great tool for women that respond well to it, but it can also be a detrimental tool to women That don't respond well to it. I know that sounds like really simple, but you'd be amazed at how many of us practice fasting when it's actually not working well for our bodies. And we just continue fasting because we've been told that it's so good for us. And yeah, there are so many benefits to fasting, but Let's say, for example, you have a cortisol imbalance, meaning that perhaps your cortisol is quite low or you're struggling with a really high cortisol. When we fast, we actually increase cortisol. So if you're dealing with adrenal dysfunction where the cortisol in your body isn't exactly doing what we want it to do, fasting may not be so beneficial for you. And in the same light, if you are fasting using caffeine and you have hormone dysregulation, whether it be progesterone, estrogen, even thyroid, having caffeine may also affect your hormones. So it's always good to know before you get started with anything that you can quit at any time. And Ashley and I chat about this today of if it's not working for you, just stop doing it. And also know that just because you practice fasting doesn't mean it has to be an all-day, everyday thing. Well, what Ashley explains is that fasting for her is an everyday event. Some women benefit from doing fasting a couple of times a week, a couple of times a month, however they want to set it up. And if you're like, wait, can we define fasting before we get started? I am so happy that you asked, or I'm pretending that you asked, but maybe you're thinking that right now. Really intermittent fasting is, is, can also be referred to really as intermittent eating. So you are going periods of 12, 18, or maybe even 24 hours without having a meal. Now, how we define fasting is different for everybody. And really how I see it is there's two different paths. The first path is that you want to balance your blood sugar. So if your goal of fasting is to balance your blood sugar, the most important thing to this fast is that you, surprise, balance your blood sugar. So for you, you you can have fatty coffees, perhaps decaf fatty coffees, or rocafuel lattes or little fat bombs. Really the goal with your fast is to balance your blood sugar and those things will allow you to do that. Another option for fasting is to increase something called autophagy is how I pronounce it, but other people pronounce it Autophagy. I can never get that right. So, autophagy, autophagy. Basically, what we're doing with autophagy is to recycle our cells and help with the detoxification of our cells. So, if that's your goal, then it's really important to just drink water, period. Just water, nothing else. So, in today's episode, Ashley talks about a strategy of eating 50 calories throughout her fast. And that kind of falls in between both of them. It wouldn't be considered autophagy or autophagy. And it kind of maybe would be considered blood sugar balancing depending on the foods chosen. And that's really, really important. If we want to balance our blood sugar, we want to go toward things like that have fat. So fat bombs, fatty coffees, we wouldn't want to like have a steak and call it a fast. I hope that makes sense. And I hope that sets you up for today's episode. If you want to learn more about fasting, and you already have my program, the keto beginning, head on over to chapter six, where we talk all about that. And if you have my program, Fat Fueled, it starts on chapter five, which just happens to be page 72 for both the Keto Beginning and Fat Fueled. So if you have either of those programs, head on over to page 72, check out all the fasting tips, and let's cut over to today's episode. Hey, Ashley, how's
1: it going? Great. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so literally so excited to be here. This is like the best moment <laughs> in my life. Oh my you don't know this, Leanne, but um, I actually learned keto from your book, The Keto Diet. That was the very first book that I ever purchased on keto, and it taught me like everything. And it's literally changed my life. What? I had no yeah. idea. I had I no know. idea.
0: Yes. <laughs> wow. Okay. So this is so cool because when I was writing The Keto Diet, I just thought that there would be like one woman that would like read it and it would like encourage her to look at her life and change things and like become her own advocate in health. And so that's just so cool that you started a movement,
1: literally a movement.
0: Oh, that's crazy. I yeah, just that's so cool because I really didn't think that that book would do very well. So
1: oh my gosh, no, it's awesome. I oh, reference it like here. daily. <laughs> I
0: had no idea because I found your YouTube videos a while ago, and I was just watching them because I, you're so entertaining and you explain things so well and and then I was like, we need to have you on the podcast. We need to chat. Thank you. And here we are. <laughs> I like to ask all of our guests before we get started, what does Keto mean to you?
1: Okay, so Keto to me is freedom. Like, I'm sure you hear that from everyone. Because Keto is just like freedom from binging, freedom from food addictions. It's life-changing. Like, it, it, not only my own life, but I've seen so many people's lives change, and I've just seen the freedom that comes from Keto. So for sure, Keto is freedom to me. Hmm. And when you started, I guess, okay, let's, let's rewind to
0: before you found keto, what was your life like then?
1: Okay. So before keto, well, okay. Let me just take you back to, I, I yo-yo dieted like my whole life from the time I was like 13, 12-ish I had started dieting. I tried every diet pill on the shelf. I was never like so heavy. It was more so just like 20 pounds I was trying to lose as a little kid, you know, and I didn't know what to do. And it just led into all of these struggles. And then before my wedding, I started a low carb diet and it helped me lose all the extra weight before my wedding. And I felt really, really good, got married, fell off the low carb lifestyle like a lot of people do, started eating normally again, started gaining the weight back again. I got pregnant with my first baby, gained 60 pounds with that pregnancy had that one. And then shortly after I got pregnant again, um, without losing all of that weight, gained a bunch of weight after that, and then started low carb right after she was born. And then, then I found the keto diet through you. And I started, you know, adding in more healthy fats and it's just really literally changed my life. So that's, that's kind of my background on keto.
0: Wow. And What was your goal? Like when you found keto, what was like your number one thing where you're like, I need to do X?
1: It was definitely weight loss related because I had gone a little while with low carb. I wasn't counting anything other than net carbs. And then when I I learned about the keto diet and I read your book, I then applied it and it took me from, you know, losing 50 pounds then losing 75 pounds and then turning it into a huge passion for me. And then I just like dove into the research and learned so much more about it other than weight loss, you know, all of the other benefits. And I felt it in my life, you know, depression, energy, focus, mental clarity, all of those things came along. And I was like, I know I need to like show people that this is possible. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm, I'm busy all day long. I have little kid snacks here or there everywhere that I don't touch because I can stick to keto and I can follow this. It's the first time in my life that I can actually long-term follow something. So um, that's pretty much that.
0: <laughs> Back to today's episode in a sec. Some people choose to do plant-based keto, others do carnivore-based keto, and I'd like to think I'm somewhere in the middle, loving meat and plants. I thrive on the right kind of animal protein, protein from healthy animals, animals that get treated fairly, have happy lives on pasture, and are raised ethically. This is why I choose to eat grass-fed and finished beef, free-range chicken, heritage-bred pork, and wild fish. I'm so happy I can get these options from ButcherBox, a meat subscription service I've used since 2016. Listeners of the show, Get two pounds of free wild Alaskan sockeye salmon this month. All you have to do to claim your free salmon is go to butcherbox.com/keto diet between now and January 31st, 2019. Order a box and get your two pounds of free wild Alaskan sockeye salmon at butcherbox.com/keto diet. Okay, back to today's episode. And when did fasting come into your ketogenic practice?
1: So fasting, I I learned about fasting two years ago, and it was from Dr. Jason Fung that I initially learned through his YouTube channel. And fasting for me was really about the excess skin because I had those two babies, I had lost a lot of weight, and I had a lot of skin left over. And so I was really interested in the skin and also the tightening and then losing like the last 10 pounds-ish. And so I got started on intermittent fasting from there, and became obsessed. Loved it. My whole life it was always you need to eat every two hours. You need to constantly be eating, or your metabolism is going to get you know hurt from that. And it's the total opposite of what is true. And so I think that when I started intermittent fasting, it made such a big difference right away. Within the first thirty days, I just I loved not having to eat right away eating when I'm hungry, not just to eat, eat. And so that's when I started that. And that's how I learned about that pretty much. Cool. And like, what do you consider a fast
0: now? Like how is your I guess, maybe I should ask first, what does your fasting protocol look like now? And how has it changed?
1: So basically, the entire time I was fasting, I was doing a 16- eight hour fast. So I was going 16 hours without eating. And sometimes I would do 18 hours, sometimes I would do 24 hours. I just followed my body's lead. So if I was hungry, I was not hungry, <laughs> I would not eat. But I do know that um, if you follow it specifically and and try to get to that 16 hour window consistently, then your body's not going to release that hunger hormone earlier. And so I tried to do it every day if I could. But right now I am six months pregnant, <laughs> so I. Oh, have, congratulations! I had no idea. So I am not fasting right now, but I miss it. Like it's one of those things that I'm like, oh, I just wish up could fast. Like I, I miss it so much.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so great. Oh, congratulations. Um, thank you. What's the one big thing that surprised you most with fasting that you really weren't expecting?
1: I thought I was going to be starving. I thought I was going to be hungry all the time. It really was only the first three days that I started fasting that I was hungry. And then after that, I wasn't hungry at all. And I just literally learned to follow my body's lead. And, and previously before keto, when I was doing low carb, I think I was doing this naturally too. And then even when I started keto, I just wasn't, you know, it's one of those benefits of the keto diet and of, of cutting out the complex carbohydrates. You just You can go longer periods without eating and you're not hungry. So naturally I did it. But then when I, I purposefully started doing it, I thought I was going to be starving (laughs) because I didn't really think about that, but I wasn't at all, not hungry at all.
0: Yeah. I noticed that too. Even when I talk to people like glucose burners that are like, I don't know how you haven't eaten all day. How have you not eaten all day? And I'm like, I just don't have any interest. They're like, that could never be me. And I think, would you agree that you know, in your previous life, when you were doing all the yo-yo diets and stuff, not eating wasn't really an option because you weren't burning with, you know, you weren't burning fat for energy, but with ketosis, pairing that with fasting, it's relatively easy, just not so to eat. easy,
1: so easy, it's scary to think about, but it's easy once you get started. And for someone just thinking about intermittent fasting, that's afraid to get started on it like you can stop anytime. You know, that's one thing that like I was thinking, Oh, once I start intermittent fasting, there's like, I'm going to have to do this forever. You, you really can, if if it's not working for you, like, just don't do it anymore. You know, it's no harm in trying.
0: You're so right. I think so many of us get caught up on as soon as I commit to it, I have to do it for my entire life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or even setting small goals is really great. Like saying, okay, I'm going to do this today. Instead of saying, I'm going to do this the next 30 days. And just seeing how it goes from there. That helped me a lot. And even in weight loss, like that would be like, okay, I'm going to stick to the keto diet for a week and see if I can get through a week. And I got through a week and then I was like, I can do this. Like I'm going to do another week. And then another week until I made it to a month. And I'm like this, I can, I can do this. But if I said, I'm going to do a month, I'd probably give up the next day, okay, especially with yeah. keto flu and all of that.
0: Yeah, totally. Any drawbacks to fasting where there's something you don't like about it or something you had to change because your body didn't like something about it? Or was it just all hunky-dory from the very beginning? It was like perfect.
1: I would say the biggest thing is really that I like fasting every day, but then when, you know, weekends would come along, we would spend breakfast with my kids and my husband We would go out to do family things and I would break my, I wouldn't fast that day. So, I mean, I wish I could just keep fasting, but there's some days that I don't. And then it is harder to get right back into fasting after you don't fast for a couple of days. Like if you take Saturday Sunday, you don't fast. Monday comes along. I feel hungry in the morning, like I'll feel hungry. And then, uh, but I'll push through it for the for for the next like three days, but then it can kind of become a cycle, you know, because then I'll finally be good again. And then the weekend will come along again. So it's just finding that balance that was the only challenge for me.
0: Amazing. And you never experienced any hormone issues or cortisol spikes or tiredness or anything? No. That's so cool. I mean, this is just such a great testament to the fact that everyone's body is different. And some women are like, I could never fast, it just screws up my hormones. And then I don't have a period. And other women are like, look, I fasted every day and I got pregnant. So (laughs) that's so cool. Back to today's episode in a sec today's episode is sponsored by perfect keto perfect keto creates the ultimate products for making the keto lifestyle easier and more effective all of their products are dairy-free made in the usa gluten-free doctor approved and use zero fillers from exogenous ketones to boost your ketone levels for mental clarity keto bars for a quality fat snack mct oil powder for making your coffee fatty and creamy without the dairy and so much more you can get 20 percent off anything in their shop by Going to perfectketo.com/slash KDP. Use the coupon code KDP for your 20% off anything your heart desires. If you're unsure of the link, simply check out today's show notes for all the details. Okay, back to today's episode. Okay, so what do you consider to be a fast? How do you practice your fasting? Do you just drink water? Do you drink tea, coffee, fatty coffee? What what's your
1: thing? Okay, so I keep the calories under 50 calories during the fasted window. And so it's mainly, you know, water, coffee, that sort of thing. I love doing fasted workouts and so that to me is great in the in the morning, you know, wake up in the morning, do my workout, eat my first meal at noon. But 50 calories to me is like where I kind of shoot for under there. I don't go I don't go above that.
0: Okay, cool. And length, time, do you time yourself? I know that there's apps Or you can time yourself or do you just kind of do more of an intuitive thing of I'm fasting when I'm hungry, I'll eat.
1: I try to stick to just the same time of day, every day. And then I stop eating at the same time every day. If the day before I end up eating later, like I'll, I'll, I don't know, I go out and I have dinner later, I will end up pushing my next day fast back a little bit. But I really do try to just follow my body. If it's time for me to break a fast and I'm not hungry, I will just let myself go until I become hungry. And so sometimes that's 18 hours. Sometimes that's 24 hours. It just depends on the day. And it's really great for like, to help you focus with work and stuff, because you just don't have to really stop to think about food. You can just go. So
0: I totally agree. Do you find that you react to certain sweeteners? Like you mentioned calories. I've actually never heard somebody use calories as a marker for fasting. So I'm just really interested to learn more from you and what you've experienced. Do you say like 50 calories? Okay. So like coffees, teas, do you put sweeteners in those? Do you find like sweeteners affect anything?
1: Yes. So I only will do stevia or erythritol. Those are the only two sweeteners that I will do while I'm fasted. Other things, like I just don't even go near the other stuff. Um, I will put a little bit of like half and half in my coffee because that'll keep me below the 50 calories because that's usually 25 calories for like two tablespoons. I don't do heavy cream because that'll push me over in that while I'm fasting. Interesting.
0: Okay. And what's your favorite way to break a fast? Like you said, sometimes you go 18 hours, 24 hours until you just wait until you're hungry. Are there certain foods you gravitate toward on that first meal? Or is it kind of just like whatever is keto?
1: I like to have my largest meal when I break my fast. I like to just make that like my big meal um, of the day, and then I'll have like another meal for dinner. I try to have two meals a day. Some days I'll do three meals, but for the most part, I like to have a really big meal. And that will typically be a salad, like a, a big salad with maybe tuna, mayonnaise, that sort of thing. You know, I like olive oil and like apple cider vinegar on there. And I personally do well with dairy. Sometimes. (laughs) like I'll do well with dairy, but then I'll come back on it for a little bit and then I'll go back to it. So I love avocados. So I'll just really... Typically, that's my first meal. Or eggs and avocado will be the first meal.
0: That's so interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. So the biggest meal of the day... So for me, when I fast, when I break my fast, it's like my smallest meal of the day. Because if I do big, it just causes so much digestive distress and I just feel so heavy and like bloated and not good. So I'll like break my fast with like a smaller meal and then my dinner will probably be the largest meal. So I think that's why it's just so important to have conversations like this because it just goes to show that you can find success on a ketogenic diet, multiple ways, multiple different strategies, all the things. I hope you're totally digging this episode. I love putting these together every week and I hope you're getting something out of it. I love seeing where you're listening from. So next time you're listening or even right now, take a picture of yourself watching the show or a screenshot of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram at healthful pursuit. And if social isn't your thing, that's totally fine. Just jump on your favorite podcast player and leave a review for the show. Okay, back to the good stuff how okay so we weren't planning on talking about this but now i want to know how has keto changed for you since you became pregnant
1: okay so pregnancy i had all of these big goals with when i when i get pregnant i'm gonna stick to the keto diet and all of those things and then my first trimester i was extremely sick so i was not following keto because i couldn't i was just eating soup a lot of soup just whatever i could keep down and second trimester came along and then I was no longer nauseous, but still getting sick every day, and I tried to go back to keto, but after you get off keto, going back to keto, especially when you're pregnant, the keto flu is like killer. It's so hard, and you know, when you're not pregnant, it's easy to just push past that. It's like, okay, I know this is going to end, but when you're pregnant, and you just got through three months of sickness, it's really, really difficult, so my second trimester, I tried a couple times, and I just kept Going, I, I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it. I was like in bed. I'm like, I'm so sick. Like I can't do this. Aww. So I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna let just let my body do its thing. And then um, now going into my third trimester, I've done some research, I listened to a lot of your stuff. And, um, you know, I read the book, The Real Food for Pregnancy. That I also found from you. And I am going to, I'm like right now in the process of trying again. I just had my glucose test and all of that. So that sugary drink is like (laughs) my system. But um, (laughs) yeah, so now this point forward, I'm like, I'm going to try this, but I'm going to do a carb up every night because that's not something that I used to do in my ketogenic journey before pregnancy. But I think that that will actually help me kind of like get a little bit more carbs, not be so strict because I think my problem was I was just a little too strict. And you know, listen to my body, and I don't really have that many expectations. If it works, it works. If not, oh, well, I know I'm like really excited to get back full force after the baby's born, you know, within the first couple months, because I know like breastfeeding and all of that, it can be a challenge the first couple months, but I know it's coming. So it's hard because I want to do it, you know. Yeah,
0: I could imagine that being really frustrating. And you're not the first pregnant lady to tell me that when they got pregnant, it just kind of all just didn't even work. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, yeah. It's amazing because I was keto for so long. Like I was, I was years, you know. And so for my body to just react like that, like I just couldn't do it. It, it was frustrating, but it's okay.
0: Do you feel like if you would have gotten pregnant eating the way you used to, that your pregnancy would have been different? Like, I'm sure even though you couldn't eat keto, I'm guessing that your choices were like more balanced than they would have been years. Exactly. It's not oh, okay, okay.
1: all or nothing mentality. It's, 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 Terrible. So when I can't eat keto, I eat all the foods. <laughs> okay, okay. I love your honesty. <laughs> all of like the issues I have with foods come back. All of those same struggles I had before I was eating, it all comes back. So I I I have knowledge of what I should eat, but that doesn't mean I actually eat it all the time. I try to, like I I do. I try to I have you know salmon on like, I'll try to have like one ketogenic meal a day you know right now i'm i'm 3 days back to eating like keto low like i'm not really counting my macros but i'm eating the right foods and besides the glucose drink this morning i'm feeling really good right now and so i think the third trimester is kind of like a different stage of pregnancy where i kind of feel a little bit more like myself and then i can actually do this as long as the keto flu doesn't kill me this time <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: bless your heart i think it's just such a fascinating thing like you're build, you're building another human in your body right now. So like
1: mad props to you on that. Yeah. Um, the weight gain this time around though, is like, is more than the previous pregnancies because I was, you know, not eating carbs for so long. And then all of a sudden I start eating carbs. And even though I was sick, I was sick in the morning. So then I would like be eating, even though they're like healthier carbs throughout the day, while I was like my first trimester. I'm gaining quicker because my body just doesn't respond well to it. It's like, it's almost like I'm like almost back to where I was. And I'm like, I'm really excited about my next transformation. <laughs> like, let's just put it that way. I'm like, I'm like in my body right now. Like oh, I have three mon- more months left of this. I can't wait to get to the end. I to start over with everything and like get down to where I was, where I feel my best. But I can tell you the weight gain, like it's one of those things where I have to just be like, okay, like I have to accept this. It is what it is. I will lose it when the baby's born. And are you giving yourself space
0: after you um, give birth? Like, have you thought about how you're going to transition? Because, you know, you've had a child before. So it's not like you're it's in what do they say? You're not new to the rodeo or whatever they say. Yeah. Um, but have you thought
1: about how you're going to create space for yourself and kind of get that started again? Yeah, I'm going to give myself like a good, you know, two months after the baby's born before I start Really trying to get back to the keto phase. Like I'm gonna, I plan on nursing this one, you know, as long as I can, just like I did with my other, my other two. So I'm just kind of gonna let that dictate it. Like I'm not gonna be so harsh on myself. Like I need to get back into shape right away. I'm just kind of going to follow my body's lead and just do it how it works best for us. I'm, I'm nervous about the whole postpartum depression thing. So I'm just gonna kind of, you know, take it as it comes. Basically, Mm -hmm. I don't really have many expectations for this baby because I had a lot of expectations for my other ones. And it's like, it never turns out how you expect. So never,
0: I I think that's like with everything, everything you plan is never works out the way that you planned it. But there's, it's nice to have a surprise and to do something different. And yeah, yeah, totally. What do you feel is missing in the keto space
1: right now that that you just wish there was more of? I wish doctors really backed it more. That's one thing. Cause a lot of people who like find me through YouTube, they, they always will say, I- I'm so excited to do this. But then I told my doctor and my doctor says, don't do that. It's not like you need to eat, you know, low fat and, and that whole thing. I know there is a shift happening now. Like I recognize that like a lot of more people are being accepted that way, but I still think that there could be more, I guess, provided for patients from their doctors on this type of lifestyle i totally agree Even depression like people who come with depression maybe try this type of lifestyle first before going on medication because that might be all that, that you need i know for me like this lifestyle helped me in many ways other than just weight loss. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, totally. And that's really, I call it like the keto magic. You come for the weight loss and you stay for absolutely everything else that has nothing to do with the weight loss. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and where can people find you, Ashley? YouTube. That's the best place. So if you search Ashley keto in YouTube, you'll find my channel right away. Ashley Salvatore is what my channel name is. But if you search Ashley keto, pretty much anything, you'll find a video that I created. (laughs) So that's the best way to find me.
0: Cool. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your experience. I really enjoyed learning from you. That's really cool. Your body's just so different from mine. And that's, that's the coolest thing. Thank you so much for having me. This was fun. Thanks for listening to the keto diet podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more keto for women secrets for your fat fueled life.